Life Stories Quilt Podcast. In this episode, you are listening to part two of Janet Lam's life story. A Montreal-based musician, community organizer, and social justice activist. If girls do it, women do it, they do it with their boyfriends, exactly. they don't travel they don't alone. alone no, yeah. no. And for good reason, I think, too. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I. again, we're talking, you know, this is the hippies, punk days back then, and, you know, in we're, we're, we're talking like 70s, mid-70s to 80s to... Yeah, I was out in Vancouver for 10 years, so from 75 to 84, yeah, okay. so... Mm-hmm. And it's expensive. It's it was more expensive to fly to Toronto than to go to, you know, Europe or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because Canada is a huge country and there's not a lot of traffic, so they have to charge a lot. Yes. Um, and the bus is so it stops at fifty five million different places yes. because, again, that's through the reality. And the train is super expensive. So I, 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 I had to, and I became, you know, I always went back for Christmas as much as I, I always, I was close to my family. So usually three to four times a year, mm-hmm. I would go back mm-hmm. for somebody's birthday or death or weddings or births or funerals or Christmas or holidays or Easter, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of years where I didn't go back at Christmas because um, I was busy um, but in general, I, I, I went back as much as I could to see the family. In general, I had an amazing time hitchhiking. It was, I'm, I still consider myself quite naive. <laughs> and I don't consider myself cynical or bitter or um, mistrust. I'm, I'm still very, very... Mm innocent in a lot of ways mm-hmm. again in general I I I just for me I would and the idea of being so adventurous I was shitting my pants scared out of my pants because I'm I'm not I'm not my adventurousness is not from confidence it's more like jumping closing my eyes and jumping because mm-hmm. I, I I felt I needed to um, get out of my comfort zone. So once I was on the road, there was great things. But I did, like I was, there was one time where I got picked up and I was getting raped for, I, I had to report that to my, to my doctor and my therapist, so I was gang raped 18 times. This one time with, it was like three or four men who were in the car, or no, they, there was two in a car, with three in a car, and then they stopped somewhere, brought a couple friends, and then they just basically, yeah, raped me for, like, I had to, 18 times. So, I, I you know, the reason I remember is because I, I, of course, had to go to my medical doctor to make sure everything was okay and then I saw a therapist uh, 
for years after that too, like in Vancouver. When was it? Um, it was. Uh, After uh, uh, about two or three years before I, uh, you know, uh, I moved, mm. moved back. So at like 81, 82, mm. I still hitchhiked less. I went with somebody or I took, the, you know, um, I, yeah, uh, I don't think I hitchhiked on my own after that. Mm -hmm. I always, or if I did, I, I wouldn't go right across Canada. I would just mm -hmm. go part way or with somebody or, you know. I'm heading back to Toronto from Vancouver. Okay. You put your thumb out. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Toronto. We're going to Regina. And then I said, that's fine. I'll go up until then. And it's all night. The best ones were the truckers. Mm -hmm. Because you know for sure they can't hurt you because you could easily report them. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were the ones that I felt the most. So actually, if I remember correctly, after I did get raped, when I did hitchhike, I just went with the truckers. Did they arrest them or anything happened to them? No, you, you, I had you, no, you had no idea. I didn't like look at their license plate yes, or yes, anything. I course. was, mm. yeah. Mm. So sorry. Well, you know, someone's people say to me, "Oh, Janet, how are you?" Mm. And we're talking even like 2018. Mm -hmm. I said, "Look, I." I can go home and I, I can, I have a bed. Mm -hmm. I'm already lucky. Mm -hmm. I can go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm even luckier. Mm -hmm. I, when I get up in the morning, I can get out of my bed and stand up. That's mm -hmm. already another already very lucky thing. Yes. I can go to the kitchen and grab some food. I'm already quite fortunate than so many other people and I have something in my day to look forward to so compared to what's going on today and how hard it is to even have any or one mm -hmm. of those things mm -hmm. I'm I feel so privileged and so lucky that I, I can do all of that because like even on my way here, like from my place, there are, there was like four people living on the streets yes. in the cold. Like Terrible. that, that should be illegal. There's no excuse, Absolutely. especially in this weather. Mm -hmm. But nobody should be on the streets. It's not like we can't afford it. Mm -hmm. It's a rich country. It's a rich country. Mm -hmm. It it enrages me. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I feel very, very fortunate and I'm very privileged that... And, you know, I, I, I think it's much more difficult to, to be positive and look forward in your day every day because today, in the palm of our hands, we have an international context 
we see what's going on anywhere in the world and mm-hmm. it is everywhere and anywhere mm-hmm. it's so available mm-hmm. on an international level yes. to see what's going on in the world mm-hmm. and there's some like it's super fucked up we live in a we're fucked up people are fucked up yes. the world is fucked up mm-hmm. and if we're managing to survive in that mm-hmm. and do things in a positive way you got to be a bit crazy, you know, <laughs> because it's so fucked up and we're managing to, 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 to find joy and to have friends and to eat and drink and enjoy ourselves and get involved in an amazing project. you got to be a bit fucking nuts to do that when you know, mm-hmm. you know, with this. And it's the people who see this, who don't have those survival skills yes. that end up suicide or walking, in, you know, um, or getting into trouble because it, it, they're just... So, trying to make sense out of it. And we, as an individual person, as a person, to be able to literally, I, I, I have so much to look forward to every day because I'm doing fucking amazing projects with incredible people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. surrounded by goodness and and love and support and inspiration and and creativity and warmth and all of these kinds of things mm-hmm. so and i feel very 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 privileged and very lucky amazing yeah why did you choose to be to live so simple mm. you know because yeah. we are living in a, in a society everything is based on materialism yes and you have to have this, you have to have that, and I see you all these years, how simple you, you dress, how simple you live, and, and but it's amazed me, even though I feel I am simple, but mm-hmm. you're, you're something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, how did you do that in this society? How, do you, how are you doing this? Um, uh, well, something that I haven't talked about much, mm-hmm. Um, I was baptized as a Christian, so my mom was a very, so we, we went to Sunday school and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and did these Sunday concerts, went to Chinese school that was run out of the Chinese church. So, you know, had to, after white school, we went to Chinese school from five to seven every day. I learned nothing cause they weren't real teachers, but you know, it was, I, I can speak very bad Chinese, but I, at least I can speak it. And mm-hmm. when I go for dim sum, I get, have yes. these great conversations with the ladies and uh-huh. everything there. Uh-huh. Um, I also, so I, I consider myself um, that I have a very, uh, you know, when people, uh, I, I, I'm a physical, emotionally, social, community, spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And my spirituality, Having, first of all, been um, baptized as a Christian, but I took my vows as a Buddhist as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a Vietnamese Buddhist temple with another friend, and it was all in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't speak Vietnamese, but I still went because, you know, I, and I meditate. I still work on my meditation. Um, and, uh, Tibetan Buddhism is very, is really 
works seeks out and highlights and talks much about simplicity mm -hmm. and um, again because I don't have kids having kids would be I would have a very different life because I would want to give all those things to yes. my kid mm -hmm. but I can afford not to because I've already I don't have kids and I can just be the crazy aunt <laughs> um, and uh, the qualitative things are much more important to me. I eat really well. I work out. I'm starting this Bagua new martial arts. I, I've done martial arts, so I've got, I've got mm. like, like. Be careful! Don't get into trouble <laughs> with me because you're gonna have your balls kicked in, and you won't be able to breathe anymore. And you know your life is. Your, your, you know, procreation will be finished if you ever get into <laughs> trouble with me. And, um, uh, and being like working with gardens and getting my hands dirty is has having those are my influences from my granola Vancouver days of sort of being more where even though it's very uh, Vancouver is kind of like uh, uh, airheads. Mm -hmm there's a grounded part too of, mm -hmm. of being a, a, you know, so it's part of my, my granola roots too of um, working the earth and that simplicity of being close to nature and, you know, the, the five elements and being in touch with, with those, the basic elements. And um, because of um, my interests of wanting to engage to make change and a better world and better Montreal and a better Canada and being involved in lots of different projects. Uh, my time goes into those projects mm -hmm. and um, buying $350 pair of boots versus buying secondhand boots for 25 bucks mm -hmm. I, 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 those are not things that I care for. And uh, being a third generation Chinese is different than, well, now, first generation, like people from China, they're, 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 they're arriving very rich, so it's different. But from my generation of Chinese, we, we come from very, you know, mm -hmm. poor, and so they, all my generation of Chinese back in the earlier day, days wanted the material because there was nothing. Yes. But I grew up with that material, even though we were, you know, poor working class uh, family. Um, you know, we had a car, we had air conditioning and um, uh, growing up and um, uh, my mom on Easter, I had to wear like nice Easter shoes and it dress nice crinoline dress and mm -hmm. Chinese we did Chinese dance so I had to wear Chinese costumes and makeup and doing all of that so I grew up in that kind of environment and so for me uh, ha once you have it you don't need it anymore and mm -hmm. you you know but you have to first have it you can say I don't want food yes. if you've always had food mm -hmm. but people who've never who never have enough food mm -hmm. or are hungry all the time of course, they're going to want to take as much food as possible. Sure. People who've never had things before, of course, they're going to want to have everything mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. So I think it's got something to do with the fact that I'm third generation Chinese and uh, have 
I have the ancestral DNA that's passed on to me of having my family who've gone through of not having anything and then we we had things like air conditioning so that now I can go back to what I consider more important which is making change for a better world to live in and I've got the confidence in myself where I can just buy secondhand like to me it's why waste my money buying a brand new mm-hmm. pair of pants when secondhand pants are are just look at you know they're they're they look just as good but they're like mm-hmm. a tenth the price. Yes. Mm, amazing. S- yeah. Amazing. Uh, Janet, uh, what is you you were you were talking about your childhood and you said white school. Well, again, I'm still. And even today, I, 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 I'm still affected by that with cultural diversity and, and uh, access and lack of access and the, the, the unevenness and the injustice of how the power mm-hmm. structure works. And we're still run by old white men. Mm-hmm. And so even growing up, it's like, well, I grew up, we went to white school mm-hmm. in the day in Chinese school from five to seven, five days a week, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. all the way up until I went to Chinese school, right up until I was 16, oh. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then 17, 18, I went to university, and that's when we stopped. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, grew up always, in Chinese, that's how we identify in my old, in the, this old, Mm-hmm. language from a small village in Canton. This mm-hmm. is, again, my generation. Mm-hmm. That now there's words that are used better in describing people who are non-Chinese. Yes. But um, we, um, we, would, we, we have these terribly racist terms. So hakui, bakui, um, black ghosts and white ghosts mm-hmm. and that's the color of your skin mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. you, at the time when you were going to school you 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 went to primary and high school in Toronto yeah okay and then got my degree uh, in native studies and sociology at Trent University so I just have a ba- up to a bachelor, up to bachelor yes. yeah. and the, how was the school Did you the uh, it was mostly white and Chinese, or it was mixed. How was it? Uh, we lived in a um, um, working class area in in Toronto. So um, the public school up until from one to six was mixed, half Chinese and half half white. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I went to Jarvis Collegiate, which is. Uh, uh, academically a better school than Harvard. Harvard Collegiate, which was where I would normally have gone. Where is that? Where, where? In the um, Harvard. Well, I so I grew up in Dundas and Beverly, mm-hmm. near Spadina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, our house was right on the corner of Dundas and Beverly. Went to a school three blocks from there, a uh, public school. And then high school... We were supposed to go to Harvard Collegiate, which is on Wellesley and I think uh, I, th- I think it's around Young and 
Wellesley, I'm not sure. Like mm-hmm. it's a down, downtown, downtown school, mm-hmm. it, like downtown Toronto working, you know, school. Yes. But my, my, my brothers and uh, my my uh, our family, because my parents had the Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, which was further um, west. Yes allowed us to go to another high school called Jarvis Collegiate, which is on uh, more, not west, um, east, mm-hmm. east on Bloor and Jarvis area, but it was academically a much better mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I went to Jarvis Collegiate and, uh, and then went to Trent University, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to come to Montreal? Besides wanting to be far from your family, yeah, and then be closer. Be closer. To <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to learn French because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we did some basic French, um, but not very much. And I felt like, again, as part of my identity as a Canadian, mm-hmm. I felt like it was important for me to Um, learn French but I was also very much aware of like the politics that was happening yes. with the separation of Quebec in mm-hmm. this you know I think 79 or something like that mm-hmm. so uh, and I also was aware of um, as a social economy uh, politically it mm-hmm. was more in, in, in alignment because I was a, like from being an anarchist, I, I, I you know, consider my, myself a, a socialist and NDP mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, believing more in, in making things uh, more available for the everyday person. And I knew Quebec out of all of the province was, was the more p- progressive, progressive, politically speaking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the ties with France and uh, as, you know, um, of being the least capitalistic which I was very much against mm-hmm. capitalism um, and sort of c- corporate business and all of that. And I'm still very m- much against that. And Quebec, from a political point of view, from, a f- from the French point of view, mm-hmm. uh, and because I hadn't lived here before. Yes. So when I came here, I was, I was literally silent for, I would say, five years. Mm-hmm. I just listened and I lived I moved I uh, first moved into Centre Sud like uh, Pane Logan area I was there for three four years before I moved to my apartment now but literally I didn't go to school to learn French my French is very Quebecois mm-hmm. it's very uh, street yeah. French yeah. and I just literally just listened mm. for five years mm. and then that's how I learned my French Amazing. have you ever been in love oh yeah but it's been a long time way too long so I'd love to meet somebody now <laughs> <laughs> anyone who's out there <laughs> okay tell me about your love oh boy I have, um, I've toyed with um, relationships with women, but it hasn't worked out very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm not close to it. Mm-hmm. But for sure, my strongest relationships were heterosexual. Mm-hmm. 
my last, I've had a, a few. I, my, the, my, I had one uh, boyfriend that I was really, that went, my relationships don't last more than five, four, five, six years, mm -hmm. which is why I didn't have a kid. Because my relationships didn't last that much longer than four or five years, and I didn't want to back then have a kid with, you know, blended families and have you know having to deal with all of that. Yes. Um, I had one boyfriend that I was just we. Uh, he was black, uh, in Montreal. I've had flings in Vancouver. Um, Boy, it's it's been so long. I can't even remember um, what I had in Vancouver. Oh yeah, in Vancouver I had more flings because I was in my twenties, uh -huh. experimenting, <laughs> learning about relationships. And I think it takes a long time to. Uh, it takes a long time, I think, to. Um, start to know yourself and to be able to share that and be um, a good partner with someone and I was super fucked up in my 20s and even up into my 30s and I would say even now I'm still quite fucked up <laughs> but I'm aware of it now and I you know the, all the filters and all of my complexes at least if not right away, a day later or five hours later, I'll, I'll, I'll fess up and say, look, I'm sorry about this, that, and the other thing. But um, so in my 20s, when I was in Vancouver, in my, you know, in, a, in my early 20 years of 20, I was so naive. I'm super naive still, but mm -hmm. I was super naive then, very superficial, very off the cuff, very spontaneous, and very flingish. They didn't last more than a day or two or maybe a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and I was not very present in terms of sharing or knowing how to mm -hmm. to to be you know uh, open up in any way and, and understand what a relationship means mm -hmm. I had friends but relationships and I lived in great um, hippie cooperative homes when I lived in Vancouver mm -hmm. but not my well my first husband we were in love at one point for sure for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. yeah I, I must say we were in love for sure mm -hmm. um with my first husband yeah um and in my with my second husband as well like there was there was uh, some spark for mm -hmm. sure but it wasn't just that mm -hmm. um and my first husband it was in vancouver so yeah, I can't say it was only flingy. The ones I've had in, I didn't have any um, in in like Toronto or while I was in Trent, it was really clean, really flingy, like literally one night stand kinds mm -hmm, of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, but I was like 19, 20, that's what you do back then. Um, since moving to Vancouver, Montreal, yeah, I had one, you know, uh, I've had three long-term ones where they lasted four or five years. Mm -hmm. I was involved with one relationship where I was the, um, I was the um, secret because he was cheating on his wife. Mm -hmm. And 
I was the recipient of that, mm -hmm. and that lasted for also four or five years. Mm. Um, I had one other boyfriend who I was really enjoyed hanging out and being with, but then it just didn't. It, it I, I can't. You end up fighting about something, and then ends. Yeah, but I, I would love to. Kind of, it's been a long time that I've been on my own, and I appreciate that because I am learning about how intolerable I can be sometimes, mm -hmm. even with myself. But mm -hmm. I, I miss that. I would love to. I love. I'm very affectionate. I share my hugs with everybody now yes. because I, okay. you know, I am very, very affectionate. But I would love to, kind of just snuggle up with somebody and mm -hmm. you know watch movies and whatever yeah it's out there now yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah amazing okay Janet tell me about one day of your life you wake up what do you do until the night now it's like I feel like I'm a bureaucrat I'm in front of my fucking computer for like <laughs> because everything is online now yes. so I am literally in front of my computer after seven hours, I say, okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I, always, I always go out every day. Um, so it's working on all of these like eight, nine projects that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. It's so it's, um, or, you know, uh, grants or, or um, applying for, um, or doing reports for grants, mm -hmm. all these kinds of things, mm -hmm. or connecting with people, doing, you know, planning for this, that, and then things. So I'm literally... So I, I wake up like, well, this morning I was up at six because I went to bed. You know, it's just a, na a natural wake up time is around six or seven. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a coffee. Uh, I don't eat right away. I'll, I'll work um, in front of the computer for a couple of hours and then I'll to eat something like some fruit or whatever. Mm and then continue working and then I usually eat just like one big meal a day and it's usually in midday so it's usually around two or three I'll have my main meal mm -hmm. I'm a vegetarian vegan so I don't eat but I, I'm an ama I, I, I must say I'm a really good cook yes. and I learned that from my family and my mom and our family we're, we're good we're good cooks mm -hmm. we eat we eat well yes. so I'm a good cook I make a pretty mean vegetarian uh, soup mm. even uh, which is not easy without meat to make a good base um, so I you know I make a type of hummus but it's got not just chickpeas it's got all kinds of beans and nuts that I cook and put some other vegetables and lots of different spices and I throw it in the blender mm -hmm. and that's that's my protein, yes. and um, I eat like seaweed and weird mushrooms, and um, um, I, you know, I eat very healthy foods mm -hmm. like hemp mm -hmm. seeds. Toasted hemp seeds oh. has more protein than any other seed nuts that you know. So I just bought some of that. Um, yeah, so then I'll have a, a, you know, my main meal in the afternoon of, you know, either rice or like the, the pate thing with 
some vegetables that I can just dip and cut and eat and um, then I'll go back to then I'll go out for a walk or go shopping or just I always go outside every day I might do a bit of stretching I have in at home in the living room and I would like to I can't I, I do meditate uh, not as long or as much as I would like to but I do do some meditation mm -hmm. of like 10-15 minutes mm -hmm. um, and then at night I usually have things like to go to like oh it was a dinner last night and the night before was some event that someone invited me to because I'm on the board at the May I go to see as many shows as I can at the May so I feel very lucky that I can yes. do that mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, the, one of the projects I'm working on. So the roundtable discussion was on Wednesday. So, yes. yeah, my evenings are usually quite full. Quite full. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. What's, what's in future for you? Um, wow. What's in the future? Wow. Huh. I know my short-term thing is to do less projects because I feel like I'm too spun out, overstressed, completely chaotic, like disorganized all over the fucking place. So I'd like to do less. Um, but what I would do with my time would probably maybe do some volunteer thing with maybe kids or mm. um, or there's lots of needs for doing some really good Absolutely. good volunteer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are you hopeful oh yeah I'm very I'm, I'm I'm very hopeful I'm probably most people would consider me very naive and way too hopeful but yes i am i believe that people's intentions are always good mm -hmm. and they just get distorted because of how difficult it's not easy it's mm -hmm. fucked up mm -hmm. it's very complex it's very multi-dimensional and sometimes people are forced to kind of choose like either their family or their work or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, um, it's very, it's, it's, it's very complex. Mm -hmm. But I do, bottom line, believe that people have always got good intentions, but they just get distorted on the way. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I believe in hope and I am hopeful and I think there is hope in the world because mm -hmm. I do... As much as it's super fucked up and it's, it's so complex and, and you look at the world, we're surrounded by horrors and we're surrounded by genocide and, 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 and evil acts and governments. Right now we're going through very, what I consider a wave and mm -hmm. we're going through a downfall, mm -hmm. a wave with what's going on with that idiot in the south of us and province in Ontario and even here mm -hmm. we're not in a politically great period but we go in these waves so I just see it as a down wave right now mm -hmm. 
So yes, even though we have all of those things that are going on and you look in the world and it's so crazy, there's also gestures and acts and things by people that are incredibly beautiful. And yes, there's lots of sickening, horrible, evil things going on, but in the same breath, there's unbelievably inspirational positive, hopeful, giving, loving, rich, vibrant determination of gestures, of people, of individuals who are doing incredible things. Mm. So that's the hope. Mm -hmm. What I want to do in future was another question you asked. And... I am still working on being. Being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no plans, no this, that, regrets, living in the past, living in the future, wanting to do this, that, and the other thing, but being in the moment and whatever the moment presents itself to. That's what I would, that would be not my goal, but that's something that I'm working on. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Thank you, Janet. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun for me yeah, to great. kind of Look at my. Me too. Listening yeah. to you, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for this. This thank was you. Thank for you. giving me this chance to put my life in a couple of hours and condense it, but with good, good questions of, yeah. Good. Thank you. Do you have? Do you want to add anything else to that? Maybe you forgot. Any memories that you want to share or any thought you want right. to share? Um, don't give up. There's, there's light and it may not seem so, but it's there mm -hmm. and it'll come. But you have to also listen and watch and be aware mm -hmm. of sometimes we miss it sometimes we don't realize mm -hmm. or we, we, we're so busy doing our things that somebody doing a little incredible gesture and you miss it but that's part of 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 learning and listening and watching and being aware of things that are going on that are these inspirational so yeah so be aware of those and know that there is light, there is inspiration, there are those moments, but you have to, you have to stop mm -hmm. and be present to be aware of those because we're just, you know, and we're just fucking running after our own butt, you know? Without even realizing, meanwhile, there's this little kid who's doing this incredible thing or this old man who's singing a beautiful song or 
who's on the street, you know, or whatever, and you don't even fucking see it. But there's those things, those little jewels of incredible, rich moments that are there. Mm. Yeah. So be, you know, be be aware of them, and there are there is lots of light, and it might come in flashes, but there's there's light, and it's fucking unbelievable light. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That was great. It was fun. Life Stories Quilt Podcast is a project created and produced by Shahzad Arshadi in collaboration with Nasim Mohatab. Quilt podcast was composed by Kayon Tahiri. <laughs>